We're going to today's daf is daf nun tes, page fifty nine. In the Halakim Meseches Ktubas, up to daf nun tes, we got on to daf nun tes, and let's remind ourselves um, what we've learned so far. So we are up to um that's where we got up to okay which is the sixth line from the top of the amud that's what we're up to we're up to the the and let's remind ourselves of the sugya so yesterday we learned that the extra earnings that a wife brings in if a husband sanctifies it if a husband says it's hectic Rav Meir says that works, it is considered hektish, and Rav Yochanan HaSandler says it's not. And we needed to, you know, we, we clarified that both spouses have, to an extent, some element of financial responsibility to bring into the home, even if the husbands may be responsible to go out to work, there's value brought to the home through the, the works of the wife. But anything that's brought in of more value than her bottom line responsibility, which again, we're going to be learning about this week, what, what that value is, anything extra. Rav Meir says, if the husband says it's hektish, it is. Rav Bechana Sandler says it's not. We said, when is it going to be hektish? We had a machoikas. Either it's going to become hektish when she dies and he inherits it, then we're going to say, now that you inherit it, this is the, this is the finances that you said originally was Kaddish, so now it's going to be Kaddish later on when she dies. And the other opinion was that it's already hectic immediately right now. Okay. Then the Gemara wanted to clarify... But if, but if the... If the um, Wait a he's trying to upgrade... He's trying to upgrade the Kedusha? I mean, yeah, yeah he wants to say it belongs to the Beis HaMikdash. Well, he can do whatever he wants to do. Uh, well, that's according to Rav Meir. Rabbi Echen Sandler says he can't. Rabbi Echen Sandler says it's still going to be considered chulin. Now, you're making a point. You're saying, listen, if the rule is whatever the wife brings in belongs to the husband and he's sanctifying it, why? what's the reason for Rabbi Echen Sandler that it's still chulin? Good question. Good question. The Gemara is going to have to clarify that. But you're you're at this point siding with Rav Meir, Right? Saying it should be hectic. Shabbat Shalom, however, is, is arguing. Okay, fine. And we'll, we'll clarify that, but just take that as a machlekes right now. Then, what we clarified next, and this is where we're getting up to, is that the extra money that she's bringing in, this that it goes to her husband, why? Is, is that... Because, it's because of what? what? Why does the husband have the right to the extra money that she's bringing in? So we, we're, we're building off of a dispute. And here's the dispute. We know that a woman's basic amount she brings in belongs to the husband and the extras. We want to know why does it go to the husband? So to go, we brought a dispute. Either the main money goes to the husband because he's giving her food. And the extra money is going to the husband because he gives her spending money. Or the other opinion is it's the opposite. Okay? That really the extra money is going in place of the food. And the extra money is going, I'm sorry, the extra money is going in place of the food. And the original money is going in place of the spending money. 
All right? So we just have a machlekes as for which one is tit for tat. That's the machlekes we're building off of. So let's clarify now. Says Gemara, b'may komiflgi. This is where we pick up. B'may komiflgi. What is the source of this machlekes? Mar Sover. One opinion is, Okay? We're going to say something which is usual, something that's common, for something which is common. It's common for a woman to work and earn a basic income, and it's common for a husband to give his wife food. So the, 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 the common work is going to go for the common food. Umar Sover, the other opinion is, no. Midi dekayitz, midi dekayitz. That something which has a set amount, which is, he's obligated to give her a set amount of spending money every week. Miscellaneous money, a silver ma'a. He has, to give that, he has to give that to her every week, so it's a set amount. So that's also going to be an exchange for the, uh, the set amount. Okay? She has to earn a little bit of, uh, of, of um, uh, uh, the, the, the little bit of financial responsibility that she has to bring in, that minimal amount is five, uh, is five slaim. So he has to give her something that is set. Okay? Fine. That's the other opinion. So Mesveh, that's a challenging question. It says clearly in a brisa, you know why a husband's obligated to give his wife food? Because he gets her earnings. That's it. Now, what does earnings mean? The basic amount that she has to bring in, the five slaim. So, what's with the opinion otherwise? You see, the basic amount for basic amount. It doesn't mean her initial earnings that she, her principal earnings that she has to bring in. Maybe it means the extra earnings. Okay, so we don't have a proof either way. Again, let's remind ourselves, what are we dealing with here? Everybody's agreeing, ultimately the husband gets <clears throat> the initial amount, the five slaim, plus the extra. The question is, why is he getting it and what the trade-off is? So Toshma, let's try to prove who's correct from a Mishnah. If a, hus- if a husband does not give his wife a ma'a kesef litzarchecha for her to spend on whatever her needs are. Maiseyadeha shalah. Her maiseyadayim, her earnings, continue to belong to her. And we're assuming it means the initial earnings. So you see that it's the initial amount that's there in place of the spending money. And the extra earnings is in place of the food. Says Marno. Ema, say there as well. The extra money belongs to her because he's not giving her spending money. Says But it says about that Mahi Isa Lai. What is the minimal amount? We're going to learn this soon in the Mishnah as you move along in the Perak. But how much value does a, is a wife responsible to bring into to bring into the marriage? Mishkal Shesi Yehuda. She has to at least spin the value of five slaim of some sort of shesi ve'erev is is uh, is to uh, thread to create uh, fabric. That's in Yehuda. Now this amount is the chiyuv. That's her responsibility to financially bring in. Says more hachikamar. How much is considered her main amount? So that we know at what point is considered extra. Right? Because, as you know, prices go up. And it's important to make a discrepancy between what is the cost 
And what is, you know, uh, what's the extra? So the Gemara says, Mishkal It's five slum in Yehuda, which is the same as ten slum in the Galil. Bottom line, we don't have a proof from a Mishnah against Rav and Shmuel. Each one still may very well fit into the Mishnah and the original Brisa that we quoted. We're sticking to our machlokas. Okay, we still have a machlokas. Again, her initial amount, her mandatory amount, the five slaim, that is either going to be for her food or it's going to be for her spending money. And the extra amount over the five slaim is either going to be for the food or the spending money. Depending on what you hold the first one is, is what you'll say the second one is. Okay, fine. What's the bottom line halacha? Says the Gemara Amar Shmuel. Shmuel says, Halacha Kerab Yechidon Hasanda. Halacha is like Rabbi Yechidon Hasanda. And Yale doesn't like this because remember, when we quoted the Mishnah, we quoted Rabbi Yechidon Hasanda says, The extra money, the extra money, if he makes it hectish, it's not hectish. You asked, I, a woman's earnings go to her husband. Says Shmuel, That's the halacha. Says the Gemara, one second. Umi Yomar Shmuel Hachi, does Shmuel Taka hold that, you, that uh, um, a husband is not able to be sanctify his wife extra earnings? Now here's one, well, here's a catch we need to put in here that we really didn't focus in on the Mishnah. We're dealing with earnings that she, di- she doesn't yet have. This is extra earnings that she's going to bring in in the future. So the Gemara says, one second. Vahatnan, but we learned in a Mishnah. A woman says to her husband, she says, I am forbidding with a vow. Anything that I make, anything that I earn is a kainam from your mouth. Meaning you're not eating it, you're not gaining from it. What happens in such a case when a wife says that? The, the, the husband doesn't need to nullify that vow. You know why? Because it's not a valid vow. You have no right to take money that you that really is mine, right? Because whatever a woman earns belongs to her husband. So she says, my earnings are forbidden to your mouth. He could keep his mouth shut and still eat it. You know why? She can't do that. It's not hers to do that to. So he's still permitted to eat it. Nothing happened. However, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, Yafer. No, he does nullify it. Because maybe she's going to bring in higher value than she's obligated to give him. And if she says, you're not allowed to have any sort of eating and benefit from it, some of it she does own, says Rabbi Akiva. And therefore, it's an effective vow on part of it, and you're going to have to nullify it. Rabbi Yechonon Benuri Amar, Rabbi Yechonon Benuri says, Yofer, he agrees with Rabbi Akiva to nullify it, but he gives a different reason. And he says, Shema Yigar Shena, maybe they'll get divorced, Usehei Asura Lachsar, maybe they'll get divorced, and not only will, will they be divorced for them, but it's going to be forbidden for him to ever remarry her. Why? Why is it going to be forbidden to ever marry her? Because she's saying that whatever I, I produce is going to be forbidden to you. So he's never allowed to remarry her because once you remarry a woman, there's automatic financial benefit that comes to you. 
a woman picks up a broom to sweep the kitchen even once, that's a financial benefit to the husband. So you'll never be allowed to remarry. So he says that's another reason why you're going to have to nullify it. V'yomar Shmuel. And Shmuel says, V'yomar Shmuel. And Shmuel says, Halacha Rabbi Yechon Benuri. The halacha <coughs> follows the opinion of Rabbi Yechon Benuri. So you see that Rabbi Yechon we see that Shmuel holds a person is able to be Makadish something, to sanctify something that's not yet here. Because we're concerned about what was the woman making a kainam on? What's she making this thing on? On something that's not yet in existence for the future. The problem is that in the future you're not going to be allowed to get it. Well, obviously you're allowed to impact with your words something that's uh, earnings that are not yet in existence. To which the Gemara answers: Ki Amar Shmuel only says about the hadafa, the extra earnings. Meaning, when does he say yafer? You should nullify. That's on the extra earnings that she might earn after they divorced and then potentially remarry. But not on the initial amount. Says the Gemara, But if that's true, why did Shmuel say halacha kerbeicha menuri? He should have said, according to what we're saying, he should have said halacha kerbeicha menuri badafa, only concerning the extra money. That's not what he said. Inami, or he could have said, Ain Tanakama. The Allah is not like a Tanakama, because either way, the remember the Tanakama said, you don't need to nullify the vow at all. According to Shmuel now, you do need to nullify it. You're not following Tanakama, you're not following Rebbe Minuri, so why are you saying Allah is like Rebbe Minuri? Inami, or say Allah is Rebbe Akiva, or say Allah is like Rebbe Akiva, that, which is that a husband should nullify a vow because it might take pl- the, the, it might impact them at a later date. Bottom line is, ask the Gemara a challenge. Don't tell me that when Shmuel says, is like a, that there's no contradiction in Shmuel. Because when Shmuel says, is like a he's only means on the extra money, if he never said it. It's such an important thing to mention. It's what we call, Iker Chaser Min HaSefer. The, your main point is not being expressed. And that's a problem. So you never said anything. So says the Gemara, you're right. That's not a good answer. Rather, Ella Omar Abyasif, rather Abyasif says, I'll tell you why there's no stira, there's no contradiction in Shmuel's opinion. You want to ask a contradiction on Shmuel's opinion from a woman making a konam. Okay? Konam. This konam vow, which she's sanctifying and separating from her husband, saying that you will not benefit from my future earnings. Okay? That's the konam she made. He said, that's not a problem. You know why? Shiny konamos. The laws of konam are different. Laws of konam are different than the laws of making something hectic. It's a separate category. It, it, it works differently. Okay? Why? Because a person is able to forbid somebody else's fruits on himself, you could also sanctify something which is a davar shaloi belailam. Let's pause and understand this. This is such a beautiful discrepancy. Here we go. In order to sanctify something, make it belong to Hektish. Who has to do that? 
the owner. The owner. I cannot walk into Reb Aaron's house, pick up one of his things and say, I am sanctifying it. Who are you? Go away. Right? Maskim? It's very limited. Who can sanctify something? Who makes something hectic? The owner. Now let's look at the laws of Konam. What's Konam? A wife says, I'm sanctifying and forbidding to your mouth, just her husband. I'm sanctifying and forbidding to your mouth. You can't eat that, you can't eat it. Who could make a Konam? The owner? Not only, I'll tell you why. I can walk into Rabarin's house and I can say, I could point to his watermelon and say, I am making a konum forbidding that, forbidding myself to ever benefit from that. That's valid. I can forbid myself from ev- making a konum from ever benefiting from it. So therefore, it says the Gemara like this, beautiful. There's no steer in Shmuel. You're going to say, Shmuel says, by hectish it works, by ko- but you know you, you can't make a hectish, but konam it does work. He says, let me explain. By hectish, it's such a limited type of uh, person that can sanctify it. So let me tell you something. If it's not yet in existence, there's no sanctification. But by konam, which is much broader, you don't have to be the owner to forbid something on yourself. It's much easier to create a konam. So too. I can make a konam on something that's not yet in existence. I can say I'm even forbidding on myself future income that hasn't yet been made. Okay? So a person's capable of doing it. Therefore, by one, shmuel's more machmir, by, by hektish, shmuel's more machmir, and by konam, shmuel's more mekel. Amalei Abaye, Abaye says to his beloved Rebbe, Rebbe Yosef, What? I know a person could forbid his friends. Uh, um, a person could forbid his friends things on himself. I can make your thing forbidden on me because I can. My, I can make my thing forbidden on you. I can say you can't eat my watermelon. Yes, but do we say that I can forbid something that's not yet in existence on my friend? I cannot, with a konam, forbid you from eating your fruit. Gishmak. Says the Gemara, granted I could forbid my friends, I could forbid myself from eating my friend's fruit. Okay? But, I can't forbid my friend from eating his own fruit. Can't forbid my friend from eating his own fruit. I'm limited in that way. Now, Abai is challenging his Rebbe, saying, Rebbe, my dear Rebbe, according to you, who says, oh, konam's work, even by a or Shlab even by something that's not yet in existence, it's still a limited case. Okay? So therefore, konam should not work here either by a or Shlab La'ilam, like in the case of Rebbe Yechinam Benuri. The case of Rebbe Yechinam Benuri, right, where he says, a wife could say, you cannot benefit. That's where she says, my actual hands belong to Hektish. The Adayim is She's not saying my future handiwork. That's Laiba Lailam. But it says, my hands are Hektish. 
So that anything those hands produce are going to belong to Hektish. If a machine belongs to the Beis Hamikdash, whatever that machine produces is the Beis Hamikdash's. If her hands actually are Hektish, whatever those hands produce. So it's not a Dabar Shlabel When she makes a Konam, that her husband is not allowed to benefit at all from her actual hands. So it doesn't mean, oh, you could sanctify your future earnings. I don't know. Your hands right now in front of us are Bala Olam. They're in existence. That's why she's able to do that. When a woman says my actual hands belong to Hectus, is that Hectus? She can't do that because as we know, every time a woman picks up a broom inside of a house, anytime she'll change a baby's diaper, anytime uh, you know, she uh, cooks up water or whatever a woman does around the house, makes a bed, there's financial value to that. It's part of the marriage. And is she allowed to sanctify her hands, say it's hectic, if this is going to negatively impact her ability to, to uh, bring in value to the family? You can't do that because the husband has rights to that. Don't tell me anything your hand touches is forbidden because you have no right. You have your chiv to the family. The Gemara says, the She says, my hands become hectic when I become divorced. But while I'm married, it's true. It can't. Says Is it true? Is there, is there anything that you could sanctify now for later? Yeah? The Gemara is asking a beautiful question. The Gemara says, you know, can I sanctify something at a later date? At a later date. When I get divorced, when does that uh, Does that work? Says the Gemara, Amar of Eloi, yeah, that's fine. Alam Eloi, why not? Eloi, if a person says, the chaver to his friend, Sadazu, this field, Shani Maichelacha, that I sell to you. Likisha Ekhena, when you sell it back to me, when I take it back from you, Tikodesh will be Hektish. Okay, so a guy says like this Ruvain says to Shimon, I'm selling you my field for $1,000. If I ever buy back the field, it's going to belong to Hektish. Says the Mishnah Tikodesh. I'm sorry, Tikodesh. Milai Kitsha, isn't it Hektish? Wouldn't it belong to Hektish? Yeah. Well, why can't you do that? Asks Rabbi Eloi. Do that. What's bothering you? He says, What do you mean, what's bothering you? Master of Yermia. What's your comparison? A woman making her hands hectish after she gets divorced to the case of selling a field and buying it back and making it hectish then. Me dummy, what are you comparing? When you sell your field and, and then you say, if I ever buy it back from you, it's going to be Kaddish. Who owns the field right now? Listen closely, this is beautiful. Reuven is selling a field to Shimon. Reuven says to Shimon, I'm selling you the field. $1,000. I plan on buying it back in a year. Just letting you know. I'll give you your $1,000 back in a year. When I buy it back, it's going to belong to Hektish. It's Hektish. When you buy it back. Says the Gemara, you know why it's Hektish? Because if Reuven wanted right now, before he even sells it to Shimon, could he sanctify it? Yeah, it's his. He hasn't sold it yet. You understand? He's about to sell it to Shimon and he's making this statement. So since it's in his hand to make it hectic now, we'll say, when you actually buy it back, it'll be hectic later because it's biyada, it's in his capabilities. 
but by the woman who's married right now to her husband, and she says, well, I get divorced, my hands are going to be sanctified. One second, right now. Can you, do you have the right to sanctify your hands? No, because you're married. It's not her power to divorce herself and, and, and make sure it happens. So you know what the case of a woman saying, my, my, things are gonna, my hands are going to belong to darkness? I think somebody saying to his friend, you know, this field that's yours, that is already sold, it's already yours, when I decide to buy it from you, we'll be hectish. That's not hectish. It's not yours to make it hectish. It's not yours. That's Rav Yirmiya's challenging question on Rabbi Eloi. Says Rav Papa, ready for this? Maskevah Rav Papa, Rav Papa says to Rav Yirmiya's challenge on Rabbi Eloi, he says to Rav Yirmiya, whoa, well, Rav Yirmiya, what are you talking about? Don't come and challenge Rabbi Eloi like that. I got a question on your question. Me, dummy, you want to compare, uh, you know, the, the case of a woman having the power to, the, to divorce herself to somebody who's buying a land from his friend and wants to sanctify it. Me, dummy, is it, is it similar? Hossam, buy the field, gufa uperais biyada de Both the field itself and the perais, whatever it produces, biyada de are in the hands of the buyer. Okay? Meaning, Whoever wants to make it hectish doesn't have the power to. So, it's not hectish. Hacha, but by the woman, gufa biyadahu. Let me tell you something. He says, her body, biyada, is her own hands. She's not saying whatever my hands produce is hectish. She's saying my actual hands belong to hectish. So therefore, Halay Damya, you know what? how to compare her now to? Halay Damya, the case of a woman sanctifying her actual flesh, her hands, is like somebody says to his friend, top of Amud Beis, Sadazu, this field, Shemishkanti Lecha, that I promised to you as a collateral, okay? Lekisha Mimcha, when I get it back from you, Tikadish. Well, that is the kadsha. That becomes hektish. That actually works. Because it's within his power. And therefore he can make that statement. Maskafla Rav Shishu Beit Ravidi. So Shishu Beit Ravidi says, this is a challenging question. Yichab was happening. Rabbi Lai said a question. Rav Yirmiya challenged Rabbi Lai's statement. Rav Papa's challenging Rav Yirmiya's challenge. And now we're going to challenge Rav Papa's challenge. All right? Says the Gemara, Master of Shishabay Dravidi, me dummy. Is it similar? In the case of the field, it's in his power to go get it back. He can get it back. Right? It's not, it's not like Dabr Shoiblailam. Go redeem your field. Pay it off. Get your, get your collateral back. Hacha, but by the woman, she's not able to divorce herself. A woman cannot force a divorce. It's not in her power. She, she's not in control of ultimately what happens. Therefore, it's like somebody saying, you know, I gave you a field of collateral for 10 years. When I buy it back from you, it'll be hektish. In that case, um, the, it'll, it'll uh, become hektish right now. It's not yours right now, but in the future, 
you're making it hectish. So too, when a wife says, now, my hands are going to be usher, because it's hectish, you know what's going to happen? When they get divorced, and she gains her rights back, it would be hers. Because Lamaisa, her hands are hers now as well. So Masla Ravashi, Ravashi says to Ravshisha, me dummy, what are you comparing it to? You're mistaken as well. For 10 years, she can get it back. Bottom line is, a wife can't force a divorce. So you don't even know in 10 years what's going to be. Rather, Ravashi says, let me tell you what's going on. Ravashi says, bottom line, you wanted to connect a kainam to anything else, shiny kainamais, the whole category of laws of kainamais are completely different. Why? The kedushas haguf ninhu, they are considered kedushas haguf, the actual body becomes hektish, uchadarava, the amarava, hektish chametz v'shichr mafkiyan midei shibur. Hektish, when you make something kadosh, okay, and chametz, when you have uh, when you have a uh, chametz, which is chametz of a pesach, you not let it have any sort of benefit from it uh, afterwards. All right. Lost the place. Sorry. The shichur and also the laws of a shichur. Okay. So the case of shichur is you know I borrow money from you and I say if I ever don't pay you back you could take this servant. Yeah. And then I free my servant. Can the guy take my servant now? No. Can't take, he can take something else. He can't take my servant. So all these things, all these things remove the lien from that object itself because the, their whole category changed. Right? You have something that now belongs to Hektish. It, it's it, it's going to be Hektish. Ah, you promised it uh, as a promise, you know, as a, that, that you're going to use this to pay me back. All right, but it's Hektish now. You take something else. When it comes to chametz, sorry, I promised I'll pay it back with chametz. Now it's chametz of a Pesach. It's owned. There's no benefit. No? All right, so I'll be able to take from something else. All these things, mafkiyin mide. All these things, mafkiyin midei shibur. Veneskad shume hashta says the Gemara. So why don't we allow it to become hektish right away? What's with the opinion that's going to happen later? Says Gemara al muar rabbanon leshibudu de baal ki hechid leitikadesh mehashta. The rabbanon wanted to be al muah. The al muah means they made strong the rights of the husband. Okay, meaning they gave him a very strong lean on her, so that um, so that the wife can never say that my hands are going to be hectish already from now. So it's a, it's like a dindarabana that the rabbanon said. You know, in general, it's true. It's true, you know, uh, maybe it would have had an impact, but they created purposely because of this, they created such a strong lien that the husband has on it, which completely removes the wife's rights from ever making her hands hectish. Okay. Beautiful. End of that Gemara. Take a step back. We're now going to get into a Mishnah. And this Mishnah is actually going to give us a lot of clarity as to what we've been learning. And it's going to discuss the, the um, some, start discussing some of the primary financial responsibilities um, and physical responsibilities that spouses have towards each other. Okay? So a person gets married. A person gets married. They have Nisuin, they move in together. 
as we learned and we discussed yesterday, there's a bottom line responsibility that each side, each spouse has to bring into the marriage. What is that? So listen to this Gemara that's beautiful. This is this Mishnah. These, this work a wife must do in a marriage for her husband. Ready? Get ready. Take out a pen and, pen, pen and paper. All right, here we go. Teichenes. She has to grind the flour. Aifa, bake. Mechabeses, do laundry. Okay? So she's got to make sure there's bread on the table. She's got to make sure there's clean clothes. For the husband. For the husband. It doesn't say for all the kids. She has to do this for her husband. Okay? Make sure he's bread in his belly. That's good for Sholem Bayez. He's got clean clothes. Mivashalas, she cooks. Menika Espina, she's responsible to nurse her child from her husband. If her husband has other wives or other kids from different wives, she's not responsible to nurse them. She's responsible to nurse their child. Okay? Responsible to nurse their child. Now as we learned, it's the father's achrayis to make sure his young children have food. We learned that. Doesn't say it's the mother's achrayis. So can a woman say, I gave birth to this kid. Now she turns to her husband and says, now you go feed him formula. No. If it's their child, she's obligated to nurse that child. Okay. Matza she prepares his bed. Okay, now this is referring to preparing the bread, the bed to go to sleep. It's not talking about regular housekeeping. It used to be back then they would like before bed they would fluff up the pillows. It was it was a sign of caring, a sign you know more of an intimate type of 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 uh, action. Prepare the bed for him. Va'isa b'tzemer. And she also is Isa Bitsemer. Okay? She works with the wool. We're going to see, we already touched on this on Amad Aleph, right? There was a certain amount of wool, that a wo- value that a woman was obligated to spin and weave. So this is touching on that, and the Gemara will clarify. All right? Now, these are all the main responsibilities every wife must do for the husband. Says the Mishnah, ready for this? What happens if they have cleaning help? They have cleaning help. They have a nanny. They have a, a lady who comes in and cleans the home. Says the Mishnah. If she has one helper, the first things to go that she doesn't have to do for her husband is she doesn't need to make bread. She doesn't need to do laundry. Okay. That you could put first on the lady, the guy, whatever, Molly made, whatever, whatever uh, cleaning service you have hired. She doesn't need to do it anymore. Shtayim, let's say there's two people helping her in the house. All right, so now you could put more things on them. Shalash. Now think in your own minds. You're going to have to clarify, what if one person could do all this? Why she, you understand? We're going to have to clarify like why the Mishnah is giving us if there's a set amount. Shalash, let's say there's three people, three servants. She doesn't need to do anything. 
Doesn't do anything. Now Rashi interestingly says, Rashi says she still needs to help around the house. But it's none of the other responsibilities that we listed. Rashi says over here on the Mishnah, he says she um, um, she uh, it's actually later on where it says she can sit around where Rashi is letting us know that under this circumstance she should still bring things upstairs and downstairs. Okay. Arba. There's four servants. Yeshevas Bekatenda. She could sit on her hammock. She could sit there with a pina colada and a book and do nothing. All right. That's the Tanakhama. Rebbe Yezrei says, You can have a hundred servants helping around the house. A husband can always tell his wife, you got to do something. You got to work with the wool. You got to bring some sort of value into the home. Because for a woman to do nothing and not do anything around the house, that brings to, to Zima. Okay? Zima is looseness, lewdness, a, a, a lack, it's, it's a lack of being part of society. You're just like loose, you're doing, whether it has to do with immorality, whether it has to do with just your mind being up to stupidity, nothingness, empty, you can't have that. It's not healthy for anybody. You can only sit on the beach and sip a pina colada for so long. Rav Shimon Gamliel says, Even if a person says, My wife, I swear, will never have to lift a finger. I don't want her lifting a finger. He says, if somebody says about his wife, you know what we say to him? Go get divorced. Go get, you're obligated to get divorced. Because doing nothing makes you nuts. And now you just said your wife has to do nothing in your marriage. You know what you're doing? You're basically killing her. Basically, that's what you're doing. All right. Fascinating Mishnah. The Gemara is going to tear this apart. It's obviously, we could, already, uh, we could already figure out there's going to be a lot to learn about life from, uh, from this Mishnah and the importance of being, you know, industrious and, and being productive. So here we go. Says the Gemara. What does it mean that a wife's responsible to grind what does that mean? What does it mean that she's responsible to, to grind it up? Okay? In other words, you know, how many people grind their own flour? We don't do that. Even back then, they would take wheat to a mill and they'd have some guy walking around grinding. The women didn't grind. Says the Gemara, Ela'ima matchenes. Matchenes means she's in charge of making sure that it's ground. All right, make sure there's flour in the house. Yeah, maybe it's talking about a personal mill, a personal mill, that that's her responsibility. You should know our mission is not like Rebchia. There, the Rebchia, Rebchia taught us. Isha Rebchia says that if a husband wants to marry a wife 
and he wants to say to her, you have no responsibilities to make the bed and to make the flour and whatever. I just want a wife. I want a nice woman. I want there to be bracha in my home and have beauty in my home. And I like what you look like. And it's a schos for me to be married to you. He says, that's enough. That's enough. And it's enough to marry a woman. She gave you children. Now, some people say, that's the purpose of a woman. I don't know, that's not what it means. I mean, maybe you can say different. I don't know. means that if that's all your wife is doing for you, that's also, be makertoy for that. Be makertoy for that. He says, uh, is um the 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 a, a woman gets married for herself. A woman gets married for herself. Yeah, who else is gonna buy your diamonds? Who else is gonna buy your flowers for Shabbos? Yeah, he says you marry a woman, no, she's gonna have your credit card. It's gonna cost you money. The Tani Rebchia, a person who wants to beautify his wife, Yabashana Clay Pishton. Uh, you should make sure she wears nice, uh, nice um, flax garments. A person who wants his daughter to look, um, you know, healthier means literally means white. Uh, give her a frayach. Um, it's you know what's a, a chick, a chick. The Ashkena Chalav and give her milk, Samochlepirka, at the age of adolescence. Okay. So the Gemara is just pointing out that Rabchia is obviously arguing on our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is talking about the specific duties that every woman is responsible to bring into the home. But Rabchia had a different take on it. He says, no, those duties aren't part of anything. Some people, you know, it could either be Leifi, it could be for Bunim, it could be, uh, you know, it could be uh, for herself. Okay. Then we said, Umenika Esbina, a wife is responsible to nurse their child. Lemas is like Rabbi Shammai. Let's say our Mishnah argues on Rabbi Shammai. A woman makes a nether, speaks about, I will not nurse my baby. Rabbi Shammai says, You remove the nipple from his mouth. You remove the dodd from the mouth. Means, the baby's not let a nurse anymore. Bishol and Bishol says, no, no, no. Doesn't matter what she says. She's obligated to nurse him. Her neder is valueless. Doesn't take an effect. Okay. Nizgarsha, they get divorced. Now, a husband is not the husband anymore. He can't force his wife to feed the baby. Okay? It's incredible. Now, you could have a couple, their baby's three weeks old, needs to be fed, they get divorced. Who's responsible to feed this baby? The mother could say to the father, it's on you. I'm not nursing. You figure out another way to feed this kid. But let's say... The baby recognizes the mother, so the baby only wants from the mother. So then the wife can charge the husband. Say, oh, your baby, your baby needs to nurse from me? Okay, pay me. Pay me. Pay me for my time, whatever it is. Pay me and I'll feed the baby. 
But if he offers to pay, she's obligated to because it's a danger for the child. So you see from over here, according to Beishamai, that a woman can make a vow and not nurse her baby. Now our Mishnah said she's obligated to nurse her baby. So Beishamai doesn't seem to be like our Mishnah. It says, She made a vow and her husband kept the vow. So he didn't. He couldn't nullify it, but he didn't. Listen, he's, uh, he's causing his own problem. Bishol says, Yeah, Bishol says, no. Bishamay says, listen, he's causing his own problem. He kept the vow, it's his fault. Bishol says, no, it's also her fault. She shouldn't have made the vow in the first place. It's your baby too. Why don't we say that they argue about a regular ksuba? A regular ksuba. What each one's responsibility is. All right? Says Gemara Vaid, and furthermore, Tani will enter the Manika. A woman does not need to nurse her child at all. Tos the Gemara says, You're right. So that's not a good answer. It must be our Mishnah, which says that a woman is obligated to nurse their child, is not following the opinion of Beishamai, who says they are, that, that she is responsible to feed their child. Okay? To end off the daf, the next piece of Mishnah said, If the baby. Only want, recognize her, which means the baby only wants to nurse from her. Then we said, the, if they get divorced, um, the or perhaps even not, where she made a vow, right? And that's it. So the husband can force, can pay the wife, and force her to feed the baby. That's the statement of the Mishnah. Besim tomorrow. The Gemara is going to start with a question. If you look at the top two words of tomorrow's daf, the Gemara is going to say, Ad kama, until what age is this halacha true? How old? Like to what extent? Some people nurse their children for a few months. People nurse their children for a year, two years. People might nurse even longer. So Ad kama, until what age does this, does, uh, you know, are, are the ramifications of a child being makir the mother and saying, I'm not going to nurse from anybody else. We're going to say to the husband, force the husband to pay her. What age is that? Bezhan will pick up uh, on this topic tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.